Welcome back to On Call with Insignia, where we go on call with Southeast Asia's emerging technology startup leaders and investors. Today, we have on call with us from Singapore, Andrea Bernkelly, CEO and co-founder of Southeast Asia's leading neo-banking platform for SMEs, Aspire. Aspire is building business banking for a new generation of entrepreneurs and business owners in Southeast Asia. In Southeast Asia, there are over 39 million underserved SMEs when it comes to financial services. And Andrea and I will be talking about how Aspire is working to better serve their needs. Welcome to our show, Andrea. Thank you, Paolo and the Insignia team for having me. And I'm happy to share a bit more <laughs> on how we plan to help these SMEs better and about our mission. And just to get the ball rolling, how are you doing right now? And how are you managing and leading the company? So we're all quite remote. So we have people working in different countries. We are mostly working from home. And overall, a good vibe. I think we are much more efficient. We tend to call each other a lot on both Slack and Google Hangout. And I think communication has been great so far. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I'd like to dig deeper into Aspire's trajectory, right? You initially started from offering lending services and now have gone on to offer much more than that and heading towards becoming a neobank. And that trajectory is something that we're seeing across many fintechs across the globe. Was neobanking part of the plan from day one? And if not, how did this story, neobanking story, evolve for Aspire? Yeah, so we started our journey helping these SMEs that are unfairly underserved by the incumbent financial institutions with a credit line product in 2018. And then we opened up, as you said, to more and more product to complete our offering. And we realized that as we were building Aspire, that a full generation of new entrepreneurs and business owners, they didn't have a banking brand that they felt connected with. And that was offering digital financial services with speed, transparency that they expected. And so we found a great opportunity to create a full-fledged SME banking platform to become their banking partner. So that's our journey so far. So this approach to offering financial services and driving financial inclusion for SMEs, this is something that I would say Aspire is one of the first in Southeast Asia. But this has been going on around the world for some time already. And as an SME fintech in Southeast Asia with a lending core, Aspire can be compared to Oak North, right? An SME challenger bank in Europe. So how is this SME neobanking journey different in Southeast Asia? How would you compare what you're doing here in the region to what other players are doing in other markets? Are there any key advantages or disadvantages in building this model in Southeast Asia? Yeah, Southeast Asia on one end. As you mentioned, the model of an SME banking has been around for a while outside globally, and, and there are various models. Southeast Asia is more complicated because by itself it's made of different countries with different jurisdictions and different frameworks. On the other hand, compared to other parts of the world, the industry is really nascent. So the opportunities are bigger due to the lack of a lot of players trying to solving these problems. And so at the same time, I mean, we see a great opportunity here for us. So the opportunities are bigger here in Southeast Asia, given that the space is a bit more nascent. Are there any risks in terms of growing this kind of business when it comes to Southeast Asia, apart from the regulations that are different from market to market? Are there any other risks when it comes to the business model, to the product itself, to the offerings? 
some other risks could be related to the infrastructure that is a bit lacking in this market. And so companies like us need to invest much more in order to, for example, develop the infrastructure and the integration with our partners, which might, first of all, delay a bit the go-to-market and also requires a bit more investments on this financial infrastructure. And you mentioned earlier when you were talking about the pain points of the SMEs here in Southeast Asia, they're really looking for the banking brands you mentioned that's offering you know, financial services with that speed and transparency that they expect. And Aspire has addressed that with its UI, UX, and data approach. Could you explain a bit more what that means for Aspire and from the perspective of the SMEs? Yeah, sure. From an SME perspective, when you think about financial services, it means speed, transparency, uh, level of support, and access to capital. So these are the fundamental pain points that small business owners are facing. And this is exactly what we're trying to solve by focusing on their experience. Could you share an example or could you share a specific feature that helps in terms of this, in terms of the speed, the transparency, the support, and access to capital? Yeah, we have a lot of examples of business owners and SMEs and startups that get really excited, right? When they start to use our business account app and they realize that everything that they've done before can be much simpler, much more seamless. And so we managed to get them super excited. And the fact that we really invest a lot to make the experience great. For example, we have several customers that are good resellers. So they used to buy inventory from China on B2B commerces, for example, Taobao, Alibaba.com. And they were really getting really bad effects deals on their old corporate cards. And so last week, for example, we received two thank you emails saying that it was really awesome for them to switch to the Aspire corporate card for the transparency with the fees and the savings that we are giving them. And of course, there are other examples, right? So we hear a lot about expense tracking. So the ability to have a clear picture of all the expenses, transaction by transaction, flowing from the account to the accounting software, from the car to the accounting software, and managing business insights and accounting. And everything basically is around this better usability and a lot of transparency on what's going on in the background. How are the fees stack up? which is something in the industry is tend not to be super, super clear, clearly communicated at least. So I think it's really interesting that Aspire's focus by providing a platform that offers this transparency and usability really targets pain points that aren't so apparent to the business. As you mentioned, fees that can stack up and insights that aren't clear with more traditional ways of accounting or doing things, right? So I think that's really interesting. And now you've since launched your app more than a year ago, and now you're upgrading that app to Aspire 2.0, and you've recently launched that newer version, right? Could you tell our listeners more about how the app has evolved in that regard? What does Aspire 2.0 mean? And how do these new UX improvements fit into Aspire's new banking story? Yes. So as you mentioned, we just launched a completely redesigned experience, which was taking a lot of the feedbacks that we received into account. And the idea is fundamentally for a small business owner to control its full cash flow management cycle via the same app, including the debit inflow and outflow, remittances, car spend, credit limits, but in a super simple and intuitive way. So when you come into the application, you find messages like, what would you like to do today? simple access to the insights, which is typically something that our customer really like. And overall, this sense of transparency 
about fees and about explaining how the features work. Yeah, I think that's just like you mentioned before. It's really about all of these like obvious things that people tend to miss, and then you know, Aspire is really changing that by continuously improving usability on the app. And so, speaking of that seamless user experience, it's not just about the features, right? You also have to form a lot of important partnerships in order to build out your pipeline of services for SMEs. And so, one of the key tie-ups for Aspire has been with banks. What's the main proposition for banks to partner with Aspire? What do you tell them to get them on the platform and connect with SMEs on your platform? Yeah, so the key for us is that we're targeting a specific demographic of SMEs that prefer the digital native brand and an open ecosystem platform. So we're talking about digital savvy, early adopters, generally young people that still manage a business, right? And we build an in-house core banking system that allows us to connect with existing ecosystems and stay relevant. Because nowadays, the type of tools that these businesses use, they change fast and they want this tool to be integrated with their cash flow management system. To our bank partners, we are that effective acquisition partner and retention partner from which they can get business, right? Whether it's deposits or credit opportunities and revenue share. And so you offer this business opportunity to the banks and for the banking industry in general, what's the trajectory going to be like for the relationship between fintechs and banks and serving these SMEs? Do you think that there will be more platforms like yourself serving as a platform for these banks and SMEs? Will more banks also try to build out their own platform to directly serve their business clients? I think it's going to be a mix of everything. Everyone will try whatever works better for them. What typically works is that it's not easy for an organization, right, that is usually not so dynamic to basically create a lot of different propositions. So the level of customization is not really high, I mean, for a typically incumbent player. So the value of a fintech is that it can really customize the product towards a specific demographics or a specific segment. And that's the value it brings in the market. And to that extent, I think there's going to be always a lot of interesting collaborations between banking players and fintech startups. And speaking of interesting collaborations, over the past few months, at least in the headlines, we've seen some interesting partnerships for Aspire, right? One of them is with Visa and Yum for the Aspire corporate card and recently with TransferWise. Could you talk about how these partnerships formed and also how these partnerships concretely impact the business? How have they improved the number of business accounts that have been coming into Aspire? So the idea for us is that we want to serve our customers right around the full spectrum of banking products. So what I mentioned a bit before, and with the best possible offering, obviously. And the approach for us is that if we find awesome services right in the market that our customer might benefit from, we just prefer to integrate them, for example, with a transfer-wise effects rate. And the idea is basically to not build everything from scratch, right? For other services, for example, where we feel that there's not players maybe in the market that can execute at the level of service where we would love to serve our customers, we might decide to implement it ourselves. The example for us was some of our credit line products. And we can do it ourselves. And again, and basically build up this sort of full-fledged services that we want to bring basically to our target demographics. So it's basically look for the best platforms or services that cater to what you want to offer to the SMEs. And if it's not there, you guys are going to build it yourselves, right? Yeah, correct. And if it's there, we just partner. Right. And this whole trajectory that we've just been talking about, 
has now resulted in Aspire growing in four markets across Southeast Asia. So Singapore, Vietnam, Thailand, and Indonesia. Uh, one thing I found really interesting with Aspire in terms of the organization and the leadership is that you have like co-founders in each market and leaders who are focusing on a specific market. How has that affected how Aspire grows as a company that's cross-border? So that's really an interesting thing because we find it really helpful to have a distributed team because we need to make sure that we are always trying to be close to our customers. And for us, it has been working quite well. We started since the beginning quite a distributed team. I mean, obviously, we have people now working remotely anyway. But even in the past, we had a lot of interaction across various jurisdictions. We have a lot of our regional strategies and teams that are taken, not from people sitting in Singapore, even if Singapore is our headquarters. And this allows for the company to be not really centered, but is basically moving the market, basically evolving. So really growing with the market and with your customers. And I guess because of the specific leaders that you have in each market, you're able to better pay attention to what's happening on the ground. Earlier, you mentioned about the market not having that many competitors yet. I guess it's a matter of time, right? It's only a matter of time where you see more FinTech players catering to these similar services. And what I wanted to know is what would make a player like Aspire stand apart from the rest in Southeast Asia? So I think for us, it's really important the synergy between the credit product and the transaction banking product, right? Because we are one of the few players that managed to basically master both, which is a bit the Oak North example you mentioned before, right? A successful SMEO banking player that, you know, is a credit-led. So it's basically managed to create a lot of path to profitability and monetization coming from credit. And so it can, you know, offer services which are cheaper than what other players could provide if they would focus only on payments, right? Now that you explain it, it seems obvious that credit is the way to go in terms of profitability for a fintech in general. Why do you think that not many fintechs have really explored this space? And why have they been focused more on the asset side of things? I mean, typically, there's a lot of payments-led fintechs, right? But if you talk to them, right, they will pretty much always tell you Uh, that they're trying to monetize via lending. Either they have it in the plans or they are testing it out or they are doing a bit on the side just to add some revenues on the top line. But it's pretty clear in the industry. That's one fundamental way, right, where actually the path of stability needs to come from. Right. So it's really a matter of speed in terms of how the players move. So we've been talking about Aspire, but before you co-founded Aspire and started to venture into neobanking for SMEs. You held several leadership positions in Alibaba and Lazada here in the region. So what were some of the key lessons from your six years there that have helped in building Aspire? I mean, too too many, I would say. But if I have to (laughs) narrow it a bit, I think the idea not to be worried about iterating and learning. And together with this, many more, obviously. And how did your experience in e-commerce sort of influence your decision to go into fintech and lending? For me, one thing was trying to get into something impactful, where I right. had the opportunity of having an impact on you know someone's business, someone's family, something that is like meaningful in, in a certain way. And the second was the idea of B2B, so something right. functionally helpful a bit. And obviously, the problem of the, you know digital economy in Southeast Asia is really fresh, right? Right, so right. We are talking about now 80 years, right? Since we had the first purchases online and the first businesses mm-hmm. that started to focus on flying, basically, and filling that demand. And the whole ecosystem is evolving. 
and they all need a different way of addressing financial services. It's something that I was really excited about. Right. And this desire to create impact, what does that mean moving forward for Aspire as you go on this neobanking trajectory? You've covered already a lot of different offerings for SMEs. What are still some of the missing elements and synergies that you're looking forward to cover in the next few years? Yeah, so we're basically building our company to help SMEs and be there as they grow. So we've always been looking around for product and services they need from their financial service and banking partner and try to find the best way to serve them. So we like to think about it as a way to honor entrepreneurs, right? And to mm-hmm, really right. trying to make sure that they identify us as someone that has built a business center in them, which is not something that they see frequently. Yeah. So a business that really puts other SMEs, other businesses at the center. That wraps up our conversation today. And to close things off, we always ask our guests to share some of their favorite things in our rapid fire question round. So first things first is, what is your favorite book on entrepreneurship? Yeah. So this is a bit of maybe a cliche, but I liked a lot Zero to One. And I think it gives a lot of good perspective on the way to think, to see things differently. Yeah. And then what app do you use nowadays? that you think not many other people use? I started using this app a few weeks ago, no, maybe a few months ago, called Navigator, which is an app that allows you to manage an agenda of meetings in a super simple way. So I don't know if we have someone in the audience that would like to try. I mean... So sort of like a calendar of sorts? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how is it different from the calendar from it, Google Basically, calendar, it example? helps you to manage this, the, the meeting agenda. No, oh, the agenda, right. The agenda right. of the meeting, right? Items, follows right. up. I mean, I find it quite helpful. It integrates with, with other apps as well? With Google, I mean, I, I use it integrated with Gmail uh, calendar. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I guess maybe some of our listeners would be interested to try it out. Next is, what is your favorite or go-to destination in Southeast Asia? I lived in Ho Chi Minh for a while, and I still find Vietnam quite, I mean, a really nice place. So I go back right. often in vacation. I mean, I like the area near Da Nang, for example, but I love overall. I mean, I traveled it a lot. Right. Was Vietnam your gateway country to Southeast Asia or... No, I moved to Bangkok early on, and then I, and then I lived basically there, then Ho Chi Minh City in, in Jakarta, and then only recently in Singapore. Right, right. Okay, that's pretty interesting. And then finally, like, what's your favorite activity to de-stress? I think that this would be useful, especially for you know fellow founders in the audience who are looking for things to do to de-stress as well. I started cycling recently, which I found quite nice, and I used to to sail. Have you done that in Southeast Asia? Yes, or yes, yes. What's the best spot for sailing? I don't know. I mean, Vietnam. going back to Vietnam, I think you have a lot of nice windy spots near Muy Nam in Vietnam. Singapore, I mean, you still find uh, good spots as well on the west, sorry, on the east side. Although I would probably recommend more, more Vietnam. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So on that note, I'd like to thank you again, Andrea, for coming on On Call with us sharing your story with Aspire and where the business is headed, your thoughts in terms of new banking and really upgrading the experience for SMEs when it comes to banking. And it's been a privilege for the Insignia to have been partnered with you guys since early on and we really look forward to what you guys have in store for SMEs in the region. So thank you, Andrea, for coming on the show. Thanks, Paolo, for having me and the only thing team for having me. To all our listeners, stay on the line and connected with us. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Waves, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until our next call, this has been On Call with Insignia Ventures.